Hello. If you are tuning into this episode after December of 2020, you will notice some changes. This episode was once five episodes, but has now been squeezed into one for your convenience. As always, thank you for listening. Surprise! <laughs> it's the bracketology. The bracketology part one. Well, English part one. English part one. Y'all thought y'all were done. Y'all thought y'all were going to hear from us for a week or two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no. We're serious about this bracketology. Y'all voted. And right now we have got... What do we got, Patrick? We got Dunhill. My mixture. Nine, six, five. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, so. we ain't even going to get into what we're smoking in. We're just going to talk about the smoke. Mm-hmm. The smoke itself. Doesn't even matter because we're going ahead to head... You voted, and we're going to try to decide. Mm-hmm. And you guys voted on some some deep cellared stuff that I had to go fishing for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We um, You had to fish for it in your cellar. We had to go buy some of it because yeah. we didn't have it. Yeah, um, I, I ran out of Artisan's Blend. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, we're doing it a little different than what we said we was going to do. You're going to get this episode today or sometime, and you're going to get subsequent little updates. Throughout the week. And then uh, Friday, guess what? You're going to get a conclusion to the English. To the English. And then we're going to roll right into... The Vapor. The Vapor. Virginia Perique. Mm-hmm. Next week. Mm-hmm. Get excited. See, for all you beginner pipe smokers, y'all get to ride along with me as most of these blends I haven't had before. Like right now, I haven't had Dunhill. I haven't had any Dunhill. This is the first Dunhill I've ever had. It's my mission 965. So, y'all get ready to roll. So, Dunhill has um, always done, I mean, all the blends that I've smoked of theirs, my morning mixture, 965, um, Navy uh, Deluxe Rolls, um, Nightcap, Nightcap, a little Beethan mixture. Um, They're all just... You can't really do anything with Dunhill except that it is a great standard. You know, I mean, I mean, I guess that's probably why they have standard mixture, which yeah. I don't like too much. But like, it's there is you can always kind of put a. I think that's the reason people are really upset about losing Dunhill is because you can always put a a good standard against the Dunhill brand. Yeah, as far as tobacco is concerned, I mean, you can really just set up, you know, what you consider the standard heavy Latakia, heavy Oriental, like what is your preferred Virginia Perique, and stacking those up against uh, other blends, I think has helped a lot of people over the years come up with, you know, really their standard and taste, their standard just across the board. So it's always good to kind of like do this kind of compare and contrast with the Dunhill blends. Um I think it sucks that they're going away. Yeah. And, you know, sort of feeding off of what we talked about last episode, it's almost like Dunhill, you know, would have been, if they were if they were to continue, would have been the standard that, you know, like we were talking about, you know, like it's sort of like the break-even. You know, I guess there are some exceptions. You know, a lot of people um, like Nightcap and Elizabethan and My Morning Mixture, but that could be more than just the standard. But it seems like they... 
it could have been that but now we're in search for the new <laughs> and that's i guess that's the whole part of it is, is you're always on the quest for a new tobacco so yep. um always chasing something you know i've seen people who i kind of envy people who just have the one blend you know the one they found you know uh i guess shrang uh what is it shangri-la they found uh, Xanadu. They found their paradise, their Eden, with one mixture. Um, unfortunately, I'm not that guy. I've tried and tried and tried. I've got some standards, some things that I like a lot. Um, but I can, I always find that they sort of get toppled by another eventually. You know, I usually keep a blend for about two to three years that I really like. And then eventually it gets kind of overran by something else. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping to find one or two of, of uh, different types of blend millennial i've tried it i've tried it all or most all and this is what i've decided upon mm-hmm. but you know people's tastes change sometimes it's not the blend itself sometimes it's the person and then heck it could be the blend sometimes the, the blender may may swap over uh, the the company may swap yeah and that could always you know there's a lot of variables when it comes to the to somebody's favorite blend but so far with the 965 you know it's it's I think it's a pretty good blend um, it's it's got a little bit in the in the retro hell that makes me think back to like my college days when I smoke cigarettes every now and again I had retro hell cigarettes uh, it, it's sort of I don't know if that's a burly, but then I mean, there's not burly in this. Um, I think it, what's in this is um, Cavendish, um, Turkish, uh, some Orientals, and um, well, Latakia and Orientals, and um, I think uh, Virginia. Uh, I think it's bright Virginia. Yeah, so they have, um, yeah, everything you did. Uh... Oriental Turkish, Virginia, Cavendish, and Latakia. Um, I find that Cavendish really mellows out a blend. But um, the difference between, say, we're going to do some Dunhill comparisons here. The difference between 965 and, say, early morning. Um, early morning is going to be a much lighter, all-day kind of smoke. Um, I can definitely taste the... Latakia, it's a lot more pronounced than this one. Uh, I think the Cavendish kind of sweetens it, and then with the Virginia, and then the whole thing is sort of has a spicy kick from the Oriental, and it sort of rounds itself out. But there's a lot more of that kind of campfirey, wood burning smell from the Latakia. And this is Cyprian Latakia. Um, I like this blend. Um, what it is to me is if you could take um, Westminster by GLPs and actually add more Latakia to it. Now, not a lot, so we're not talking about just, so uh, maybe like a, I think a 10 to 15% increase on your Latakia, and you're probably going to come out with the way Westminster tastes. I don't think Westminster actually has Cavendish in it. I could be mistaken, but I don't think it does. Um, But that's what it tastes like to me. It tastes like a more pronounced... uh, 
Westminster. Um, there, there are some mixtures that, um, um, for instance, the Sassini Balkan uh, blend, um, which has the namesake of my favorite uh, pipe maker, which, as a side note, uh, I'm glad you guys didn't listen to the podcast and go bidding on eBay because I just won two of the Sassini pipes that I wanted, which... <laughs> Also, uh, I'm happy to announce that my wife will be divorcing me when she finds out about it. <laughs> but no, so yeah, so Westminster, I just looked it up. It actually doesn't have Cavendish, but all the other blends are the same. So it is, minus the Cavendish, has the same components as my mixture 965. It's just that my mixture may have more. Right. Athletic, you know? A good comparison might be to buy my mixture uh, BB1930. Eight, which is te- technically a a recreation of the baby's bottom blend, which mm-hmm. I don't think was a Dunhill blend. To try it out and see how it stacks up to my mixture nine six five, um, I might do that. Mm-hmm. I might do like a, a quick side by side on this because once this jar is out, which there's not a lot left in it, once this jar is gone, there's not going to be any more nine six five for us. Yeah, and yeah, we're done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, oh, I have some stashed far, far away. Some of that? Yeah. Oh. But nothing I'm going to be getting out for the next couple of years. And I did read somewhere where the Cavendish in this is called brown Cavendish. I've never heard of brown. I've only heard of just plain and black Cavendish. So, so what's that mean? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, brown Cavendish is the European style of making... Cavendish, so black is like steamed burley, typically. And it's usually got like a nice syrupy sugar coating on it. But if I'm not mistaken, or it might just be that it's coated. If I'm not mistaken, brown Cavendish is the European way of doing it. It's typically done with Virginia one. It is steamed until it turns a darker color. And I don't think that there's actually a topping added to it. Mm. So it's a more subdued version than what the American Cavendish that most people are familiar with, um, which has a much more topped, like really kind of flavor-filled, artificial flavor. And when I say artificial, I'm not saying that the component that they've added onto it is necessarily like non-organic or something. It's just not the way tobacco tastes. Um, element to it. I don't really taste anything extra in this blend. I never really have. As far as I'm concerned, the Latakia stands out in the forefront. The Cavendish is unsweetened and everything sort of has that natural taste to it. Doesn't mean it's not topped with something. Most of them are. Um, This is a Scandinavian tobacco group blend. So, you know, I mean, I'm used to Scandinavian or German blends having some sort of adder some sort of extra topping on it that kind of stands out but I'm not really tasting it with this yeah I you got a little bit of a nuttiness with this one Mm -hmm. I I like it yeah it's sort of this is sort of my first experience with um, being upset that a blend's going away Oh, really? It's, it's the first time I've smoked a blend that's going away that I probably would have con- would have continued to buy. Like that's why people are upset with like. Now, I've heard through various rumors and things that 
potentially the Dunhill brands are going to clean out with the actual Dunhill name. And then another wave of tobacco is going to come in called White Dot or something similar. Like all the all the actual Dunhill pipes that actually have Dunhill stamped on them, they're they're going away. But they're still going to be technically the same. They're just not allowed to carry the Dunhill name anymore. They're just going to be called the White Dot. Which, if you own a Dunhill pipe or you have, in a uh, you'll know, notice that on the box it does call call out the white dot, which is sort of the marker of yeah, all Dunhill pipes. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just a little white, yeah, white dot that's put into the stem. And uh, that's going to be going forward the name of the brand, even though it's technically still Dunhill. It's I don't think it has the Dunhill name. And the from what I gather, it's the great-great-granddaughter of Alfred Dunhill who wants to sort of separate herself from... Um, the tobacco community and wants to sort of house the Dunhill name in high-end fashion, basically. Yeah. So will will the White Dot be a like subsidiary considered now, or is it gonna, somebody completely new going to come in and buy it from Dunhill? I believe it's there's an Italian fellow who owns and will kind of work through all the construction of the pipes i still think they're made in england mm. but um yeah it's whatever his company is and it might be that like one of those companies like whoever is in control of some of those italian brands he's just in control of it and it might not it might not be any more than distribution and it might be a subsidiary i don't actually have all the information on yeah. that and as long as like scandinavian uh tobacco group still blends it i'm sure people won't see that much of a difference yeah, well, there's a it, bunch of recreations out there. I mean, if anything, if you have some of these, you know, blends housed up, I mean, the best thing to do is to, you know, especially if you have plenty that you can do this, once they come out with a white dot or whatever, especially if it's a Scandinavian tobacco group, then get a hold of it, crack it open, and then do a comparison. I can't imagine that the Scandinavian tobacco group is losing the recipes. They're, they're probably not specific to Dunhill. I wouldn't, I wouldn't assume. And, and that's part, maybe we, we can do an episode one day talking about the intricacies of the tobacco world, about, about how there's, you know, there's blenders, there's uh, companies that own the recipes, um, and then things of, things of that nature, you know. Mm-hmm. GLPs, he comes up with the recipes, Cornell and Dill blends it for him. Mm-hmm. Cornell and Dill come up with their own recipes and then blend it. The components are the same. And then, of course, you know, different... Different companies have their different... They get their components from different places. So, maybe we'll get into that one day. But as far as this uh, 965 go, um, I really enjoyed this, this blend a lot. So, in terms of other Englishes, where do you rank it? Like, I'm trying to think of all well, the We'll pretend like on a 1 to 10 scale. That way you don't have to go mm-hmm. through all the... the uh... That's what I was thinking, rating them. Yeah. I don't, I'm trying to think of all the Englishes I've had, though. Um I've had Squadron Leader once before. I don't really remember it much. Uh, Old Dublin, I believe. Peterson Old Dublin is a, English. We'll do high-low. That way you're not giving out a number. Oh. And then when you say the next number, like when we do Squadron Leader, you're not giving away who's going to be the outright winner. So would this be high on your list? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can see why this this is the one seed amongst the um, 
audience voting. It's um, I can see why it's a one seat. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely. It's high. It's yeah, high. I mean, it's. It's a it's a great blend. Um, I mean, you can see why that some of the actually I don't see why uh, deluxe navy rolls weren't bought up, other than the fact that they mirror Escudo because they're super good too. I mean, I can yeah. see how someone might come up come away with the idea that maybe branding. Yeah, it's sort of like the you've got like um, honeycomb, and then you've got. Uh, cereal and then you've got honey gold in that bag at the bottom mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it might be a situation like that where maybe the dunhill name carries a little bit more tout than say a scudo mm. but those navy rolls are so good like people just don't you know yeah oh yeah um which i mean i think oh yeah yeah scudo it was the one seed and the other the vapors wasn't it well, I'm talking about like, okay, sorry. I sort of kind of said something and then dropped off. And what I mean by that is not necessarily that it would be to bracketology, but when you look at the blends of Dunhill that have disappeared, Nightcap, uh, My Mixture, uh, Early Morning Pipe, I mean, those are the three that really just sort of evaporated overnight. But you still have like, I can still find Standard, I can still find Yield Sign, I can still find uh, Deluxe Navy Rolls, I can find Standard Mellow. Um, I can still find those. I can find uh, BB1936 or whatever it is, yeah. um, which is a mind mixture too. It's an MM. Now, what is MM? Was that just a certain... Mind mixture. But like that was a certain just... You know how like GLP's has like its Fog City and its Old World and all... Was that like something for Dunhill? Was they, they had a bunch of mind mixtures? I think there are a couple of different ones. I Don't quote me on that. But I mean, knowing that there is definitely my mixture 965 and my mixture, you know, Baby's, Baby's bottom. bottom. Yeah. Obviously, they kind of have they kind of geared up to having that, you know, in the title. So it probably is its own well, that's what I was series. I guess what, what denotes something to be a my mixture? Is what I wonder. Unless it comes from, I would assume, Alfred Dunhill's personal mixing, mm. you know, or some sort of company thing. I I, I really wouldn't know off that. Uh, mm. But is this high on yours? Um, yeah, I think uh, I, it's actually really good. Um, I think, like I said, a good comparison would be Westminster. Of course, I think of the English in like sort of a traditional term of Virginia, Oriental Turkish, and Latakia. Basically, whatever, if you want an English, I need those three components, period. Um, which is kind of ironic because... I think ultimately you could cut out Oriental because one of my favorite English quote-unquote blends would be Commonwealth, and it is just Virginia, Latakia. But, you know, I mean, I think if you're going to get real, if you probably were to, to really nail it down, I think having Oriental, Virginia, and Latakia in there standardizes it. Adding a little Cavendish kind of gives it a flourish, uh, especially brown Cavendish because it's not going to be quite as a pronounced sweetness. Um, gives it a little flourish, gives it a little bit something more interesting. So you have an extra, um, what I always look for in an English blend is that, um, it doesn't sour if you smoke it too hard. That's a good call to me if it, you know, if it's an English blend, because I find that some tobaccos, if you push them a little bit, they're going to, they're going to sour a little bit. So that's one thing. This does that 
fairly well. I think that probably gives a little bit more credit to having the brown Cavendish in it. And then, like, another thing, too, um, what I always look for as sort of a marker uh, of a fine Latakia, Cyprian Latakia, um, and you can, you can, if you want to experiment with this, you can't get a hold of 965, then definitely get uh, McBaron's HH Latakia Flake, is that there's a nice um, buttery finish. Mm-hmm. Um, and it usually is, what I correlate it to, is the perfect um, combination of Virginia to Latakia. I feel like creates a nice buttery aftertaste where it's sort of sweet, cream, salty. And just a touch salty because I mean like I've, I've burned out tobaccos before and when they sour sometimes they can have kind of a saline aftertaste mm-hmm. that's not what I'm talking about that's that would be a poor quality tobacco it's when you smoke it and you have a light touch of salty butter at, as, as an aftertaste so that's perfect this has that mm-hmm. I think um, I it's a little great. sweeter because there's Cavendish just a teensy bit sweeter but I still I like that. I like that sort of flourish of butter note at the end. That's what that to me that is peak English blend is when you can have a buttery aftertaste. Um, hard to find. Most people overdo it with a Latakia. I'm looking at you like Ironside. I'm looking at you. Well, you'll find out like there's some other blends that we're actually going to try have a much uh, much more Latakia heavy. Uh, component to it um and then you're you know the other blend uh there's other blends out there that that they actually underdo the Latakia because as I said Latakia a little bit will do you as far as smelling it and kind of sussing it out in a blend you know if you underdo it um I like that as long as the Orientals are for it and not so much the Virginia um you know I think um, another blend that does it really well, another GLPs, is uh, um, Chelsea Morning. Yeah. You know, they sort of underplay the Latakia a little bit. They can be great. But they're completely different animals from what I consider as an English. So I think there needs to be a little bit more pronounced Latakia. And then that perfect combination of Virginia Oriental and Latakia will kind of make that buttery aftertaste. I could be talking too much, maybe about this but that's just my opinion on it no you go ahead uh what do you because like uh, one english i now remember that i i, I like pretty well is, is the cornell and dill star of the east but i do think this is a lot better um and i'm sure this has less latakia because star of the east is 50 percent latakia mm-hmm. um what, what's your feelings on that the star of the east and commonwealth are going to be very similar mm-hmm. and what happens is when i feel when I smoke something like Commonwealth, I want a nice peated scotch with it. I, I just want all wood fire, all sea breeze kind of saltiness in my face. And that's what I get when I smoke Star of the East, Commonwealth, because they're so Latakia heavy. They pierce, they're almost like, it feels like you're smoking a scotch, a peated scotch. Well, it's actually funny you mentioned that somewhere... Uh, I think it was that app that you ter- that you turned me on to, the Pipe Notebook mm-hmm. app or whatever it is. It actually calls my mixture nine six five a Scottish blend, not an English blend. I never heard of a Scottish blend, 
and I, you know, I looked at some of the other ones that we're comparing it to, uh, and really the only difference is the brown Cavendish. I don't know if the brown Cavendish, because it adds some sweetness to it, makes it a Scottish blend. I don't know. Well, that makes sense because Rattray's has a lot of, uh, I think, brown and black Cavendish in it, or some... Is it Scottish? Mm-hmm. They're a Scottish company? I think so. I could be wrong, actually, That so don't cool me on that, but, like, like Highland Targe is, like, just a Klansman. Not Klansman. That's not right. What What is it? Klansman's like the KKK, right? What's the, what are we talking about? What are the clans of Scotland? Oh, I don't know. Is that a Klansman? I'm Irish. I don't know. Yeah, you Irish dog. I wouldn't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they are. I don't know. Well, either way, Highland Targe has like a Highlander. That's what it is mm. on on the Klansman. It's not well, a Klansman. I think there are connections from Scotland too. Maybe they are. But anyway, like <laughs> to which clan? <laughs> well, the 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 Triple K clan. Mm. The the burning of the crosses comes from a Scottish tradition. Really? Some kind of. I think I read it somewhere where the. Um, the burning of a fire, or the burning of a cross was like something that the Scottish would use in like war, huh. like during war times or something. And then, of course, the clan used it a lot too. Listen, we just found out that a percentage of the listeners are from the UK. If you know, let us know. Mm-hmm. If you hear anything about that or you know anything about that, let us know. We know you're out there. But I love 965. I think it's a great blend. Um it ranks high on in English because it has, like I said, that kind of buttery aftertaste. I think uh, if you get a chance to get a hold of it, um, if you can find it on eBay and you can wrestle it away, I don't think you'd be going terribly wrong. Uh, my 965 has some age on it. Mm-hmm. It's about four years old almost, maybe three. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've had it for a while. I don't always, I sometimes just let things sit. I do think that age actually mellows out the Latakia a little bit. Um just because it's really aged to me marries up well with a Virginia more so than it does a Latakia. That's why I always, whenever I see people sort of stockpiling their Latakia blends, I'm always like, well, I mean, it's going to mellow more. Uh, but, I mean, I, that's just my opinion. So don't quote me on that. Maybe maybe it's better mellowed. I mean, I've smoked. I mean, there was a, I can't, for the life of me, can't remember, but... uh there was a guy out on the West Coast, Northwest, like in Seattle, and he he had been in the tobacco trade for a long time. I think he passed away not too long ago. Um, but um, he had, I, I bought tobacco from him, not on the West Coast, but I mean, like I ordered it from him. And uh, he had one called something Imperium. And uh, all the tobaccos were like 40 years old. It took, it cost a, an arm and a leg to get the tobacco. But it was really good. It was interesting because it was so aged. Like all his stuff was really good. It had this like, sort of like this mellow, super mellow flavor and everything. But I remember getting that and loving it. And um, kind of sad that he passed. And I guess you know, really, I don't think you can get any of his tobaccos anymore. I think that sort of died off with him. Mm. That would have been nice to try those. <laughs> mm-hmm. What? But no, yeah. Um, so right now, you know, in my opinion, I mean, it's high. It's high up at 95. I mean, it's going to be a hard one to knock off. I mean, people yeah. didn't just vote for it for 
any other reason than it's great. I mean, I'm hoping, I mean, unless you guys, that'd be really funny if, like, you guys just, just, like, trashed the tobacco and just voted on really terrible plans just to mess with us. Hey, you know what, though? We're here to suffer for you, so we would smoke them anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we're dying over here from it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but anyway, I'm pretty much at the end of mine. Yeah, yeah, this is a quick one, a little half bowler, so come back uh, tomorrow to see the next blend. Oh, yeah. See y'all then. What up? We're back again. Surprise part two. Two days in a row. Tuesday, April 2nd. You thought it was April Fool's, but no, we're back again. We back. And this time, what are we smoking? We are smoking. Samuel Gawith's squadron leader. The one, the only. The one and only. You guys remember from last week, last Friday, Patrick and I had gotten a hold of a tin of skiff mixture, the sister mixture to squadron leader. But you guys said to hell with some skiff. You want some squad. (laughs) And now you got the squadron leader voted up going head to head. Yep. Against yesterday's my mixture nine six five. Yep, and we're lit up and we're smoking away. So this is within the English to yep. bracketology bracket. Yep, and uh, this was the number two seed. Um, uh, and um, I say right off the bat, um, whereas I felt nine six five was a real nutty blend, mm-hmm. this is real toasty. Like it's got a good toast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, quality to it a lot more than 965 had. interesting thing about Galwith blends and I I feel like Galwith really comes into their own in um, like Virginia or Virginia Perique like St. James and um, their aromatics which is probably blasphemy to most people I mean because I like 1792 Flake I think it Tonquin Bean Added to, you know, some kind of a fired tobacco, Kentucky, Old Virginia, uh, in a flake form is awesome. I love Grouse more. Um, the fire dance is really good. I mean, if you like that kind of Lakeland aromatic. I like Godwith and Hogarth, too, um, blends, which have sort of an almond finish. Their mm-hmm. um, dark cherry is really good. Their chocolate flake is delicious. I like the aromatics that come. Out of the Lakeland district. I know a lot of people feel it fond it tastes like kind of grandma perfume or soap. And I can see that. I mean I really do. It doesn't affect me, but I understand. But um their Englishes are coveted and I I I guess I just never have gotten it. I mean I like them fine. I'm sort of showing my hand here. <laughs> but I mean if you if you if you were to get down to brass tacks, um Galwith struggles in my opinion, with an English. How many? So they have, what all are their Englishes? You got Squadron Leader. You got Skiff Mixture. mixture. You got Navy uh, Flake. You've got technically Balkan Flake. I don't know how people Mm -hmm. feel about that. You've got um, 1792 doesn't count. St. James don't count. Full Virginia doesn't count. What is that one called? It's like the Boars or something like that. Um, uh, Moore's Bothy Flake. Mm. And it's got like some scotch in there. I haven't had Bothy Flake yet. So 
hear good things. But then again, I've heard good things about Squadron Leader and Skiff Mixture. Um, I do feel like Skiff Mixture compared to Squadron Leader, uh, if you were going to, if I were to choose between the two, Skiff is definitely a more subdued version of Squadron Leader, in my opinion. Yeah, um, like uh, the My Mixture 965 from yesterday, this is a little bit of an aged um, uh, uh, blend. It's maybe two years, a year and a half old. Yeah. Um, but I would say it's a little bit more um, bitey. I don't mean as, as far as a tongue bite or anything, but it does seem a little bit more harsh than my mixture 965. I think the Cavendish has a lot to say for keeping it sort of smooth mm-hmm. for 965. Squadron Leader on the Retro Hill is pepper to me. Black pepper. That's what mm, I taste. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't even done that yet. Mm. It has like a sort of nice peppery taste to it. It's a, it's for an English with Latakia, it is going to be the most subdued in my opinion. It's just, it's just so subdued in terms of like the Latakia. You're going to get more of your Virginia and your Oriental. I mean, even because I think skiff mixture to me is lighter it's more oriental and I still think squadron leader like stacked up against typical Englishes like 965 or HH Kia flake or uh, especially like some kind of nightcap I mean nightcap is like blow your socks off you know tobacco yeah but this is uh, Galwith seems to hold back a little bit on their Latakia in their blends and um, an interesting point that someone made to me recently was that um, I'm a snuff fan. I like snuff a lot. Uh, not a lot of habit because I don't know. My wife, she don't like. She does not like things going up my nose. Um, I was so wondering she, why I hadn't seen you with it. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I can't snuff anymore. She doesn't. She doesn't like it. But I love snuff. Samuel Galworth, not my favorite snuff company, is a snuff company, and I swear after someone said this to me i started thinking about it and i can it's almost like you're smoking snuff the flavor i can kind of taste that snuff aspect to um the tobacco when i'm smoking it um it's not super pronounced it's sort of like a subtle thing but um i feel like that kind of snuff quality that comes out which to me Speaks volumes because I kind of like their snuff better and I like their tobacco. Mm. But I mean, in my opinion, they're not the best s- snuff producers in the world. I think, uh, unless they're the same company, but whoever produces Wilson's of Shero, mm. holy crap, man, that stuff is so good. Grand Cairo. If you guys want to get into snuff, get an SP Grand Cairo. It's, it's, it's legit. It's the best. Basically, it's like, uh, you know, just tooting up your nostrils, just a straight bergamot Earl Grey tea. It's delicious. I love mm. it. Um, it's refreshing. And then uh, Crumbs of Comfort, another Wilson's of Shero. It's delicious. Spearmint, it's very strong. Clean you out. Like, you know, if you're especially going into sinus and allergy season, you get a little, little pinch of Crumbs of Comfort and a little toot up your nose. And sure enough, man, you'll be breathing just fine. And it's awesome. Um, not the biggest 
I mean, don't snort it, you know, just like a little pinky dab, just a little, just a little, just like you were smelling, you know, you're kind of like, 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 it's like if someone had chocolate on their finger and they're like, is this poop or is this chocolate, you know, <laughs> and you do like a little, like a little timid sniff of it. Cause you know that if you get too much of a whiff, you're in trouble. Like, same thing with snuff. I say just a little, <laughs> just a little, just a little. You're not going into a, a tin of tobacco, you know, trying to get all that smell in there. You're not doing no, that. Man. This isn't, this isn't, this is after college days, you know. Mm-hmm. You're not going in for like a good old line of white powder, like, you know. You're not in a men's <laughs> bathroom and someone's throwing a line on some porcelain. No. This is just a little, just a kind of a timid little poop sniff. That's what I call it. And it just kind of goes inside and then you're good to go. You snore too much, man. You're gonna hit the back of your throat, and it's all powder. Like hydra toast is. You ever anything? Yeah, hydra toast is rough. I've, I've. It's good. It just tastes like someone's kicking your teeth in, like because it just gets all in there. It's just so. You know, you think the the more fine it is, you know, that it would be easier to take but good lord no it's it's the coarse ground snuff is actually better in my opinion maybe we'll maybe we'll do an episode on snuff one day Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'll be called snuff cast (laughs) i have never partaked in the snuff now i know that my grandmother they always referred to her saying that she would dip snuff Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know well snuff's so fun i mean they even have snuff if you're talking about wet snuff, which is essentially Copenhagen and Skoll, mm-hmm. you know, old women apparently back, southern women especially, yeah. old southern women. We're not talking about your grandma now. You're talking about your grandma's grandma, like mm-hmm. old southern women. Mm-hmm. would take a spoonful of snuff or something and dump it in their bottom lip or, yeah. you know, just hard core snuff takers. But like... Uh, the way I think it's just nasally, nasal snuff, and then you just, you know, it's dry, just, it's great. Hey, sorry, back to squadron Sam leader. and Galwith's squadron leader. I do find that it has kind of a snuff quality to it. Like, now, I think all their tobacco is a little bit more subdued, smoking tobacco. Yeah. Now, with this one, as far as components go, as it varies from uh, yesterday's 965, uh, everything's the same except there is no uh, Cavendish. And I don't believe there, or and there's the addition of some um, uh, red Virginias. It, it has both Virginias in this. Mm. Whereas um, my mixture only had, I believe, bright. Mm. I will have to say, I don't know, it's hard, man. I really like that toasty flavor. It, it, it hit me from the first puff. And it's still there. So I'd have to say this is high up there. I'm not going to put you know show my hand as far as how it compares to yesterday but uh, I say it's high too hmm. you know they're, they're battling right now you can sort of taste with the pepper and sort of the spice of it there isn't a lot of sweetness and if it is it's 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 pretty subdued you sort of have to almost the only way I really get sweetness out of this is if I smoke it so light that it actually is on the verge of going out. And then I can taste something subtle. Uh, but to me, there is more of a pepper note in it. And when I say pepper, I'm talking about black pepper. I'm not talking about like jalapeno yeah. or habanero. It is not that strong. It is just a light pepper that you would get, you know, when you cook a chicken or steak. Ta- table. 
side pepper. Right. Think, which is not a bad thing. That's not bad. No. Um, I'll tell you something I'm not getting, which shows my hand even more. Slow, fast, definitely not getting that buttery taste that I like. And I'm not really getting much Latakia. God, I'm telling you, man, it's not... This is this is low-grade Latakia. If, unless, unless it aged really crazy in that jar, it is not as pronounced. But I will say... I know you're talking about you know the pepperiness of the retro hell. I will say the retro hell was much more in your face with nine six five. Yeah, I'm not. This is very peppery, like you say, but this is very you know it's very low, you know very subdued as you say. Um, it it might be that the nine six five you just got more to work with. Either their proportions are completely different, like yeah. And the yeah. proportion for Latakia might be actually heavier, which I, I know it is. It's got to be. There's no way it's not because I can. The Latakia is just so much more pronounced. Yeah. Unless the, the, the stock of Latakia that they purchased is just so different, which I don't I don't think it is. I mean, it's pretty standard as far. I mean, if you're if you're talking uh, Cyprian, to me, it seems every time I've had it, it's pretty standard. Now, who blends Galwa? So, it's just Sammy Galwa. That's the company. They blend it themselves. I mean, they, they do their blending themselves? Yes. Okay. So, Sammy Galwa is a tobacco company that's been around quite a, a long time. They take care of the whole thing. The whole thing. So, they get in the leaves, and then um, there's actually some videos online that you can look at the Lakeland District. It takes you a little bit to find them on YouTube, but you can find them. Um, and it, um, the way you find it is actually, there is, um, so if you, if you're, if you're heading into, um, um, parliament, when you head into parliament, there is a, um, a kind of like a butler gatekeeper. Do not quote me on this. What he is though, is he's the snuff box keeper because you're not allowed to smoke in parliament, but the guy keeps a box of snuff nearby. So when you go into Parliament, if you're like a parliamentary leader or something like that, you can, you can actually get a pinch of snuff on the way in. Mm. If you watch the video of on YouTube, I'd have to find it. Maybe I can find it or something and get it linked somehow. But like, um, if you watch that video, not only does the guy demonstrate how to take snuff, which is a good. I mean, he does a good job of showing you how to take snuff. I do the pinch method. I think he he does that as well. Um, then it also leads into the type of snuff makers and it talks about Sammy Galwith and their equipment that they used to make snuff. And that's actually pretty fascinating because you see them actually take the tobacco, put it into a machine that's golly older than probably our state. <laughs> um, and, uh, and just, it grinds out the tobacco hmm. into a fine powder and then they add the type of flavorings and things that they need to make the, the, the nasal snuff uh, flavored, and that's how they produce it. It's pretty fascinating. I mean, the guy's like, you know, of generations of snuff makers, so it's pretty cool. I mean, that's a fascinating video if you yeah. like that kind of stuff. But it's weird how I found it. I found it because there's a snuff keeper in Parliament. So, like, you're talking about, like, that whole, was it, like, Westminster, right? Yeah. Um, area. Hmm. Um, there's, like, a guy, when you go in, you can ask him for a little 
pinch of snuff because they made it illegal to smoke in Portland. That's pretty interesting. The um, <clears throat> so it seems like Cornell and Dill is like the American version of like McBaron or Gallup, as far as like they do everything in in house and mm-hmm. all. And and I guess I'm sort of picking up on a trend here. If a company is sole purpose is just the making of the tobacco, they take care of all of it. Whereas if it's a company that makes pipes and then also makes tobacco, they usually go outside of them. They get yeah. third party to blend it. Most, I mean, that from what I gather, that's what it is. And most, most pipe makers are only concerned with the making of the pipe. And then if their name is successful enough, they they can outsource their recipes name. Well, I mean, it doesn't even have to be their recipes. It could be the someone else's yeah. recipes technically and they just put a little and they just slap their name on it you know it just depends how yeah you know how comfortable you are well that's um, another thing too i mean what laws are there on recipes you know, well, we sort of talked about it a little bit yesterday but like what you know what keeps if if say peterson um was i think peterson is now blended by mcberry maybe or I, no i think what you were talking about yesterday about the Dunhill stuff, mm-hmm. I think that's happening with Peterson. Peterson is all their blends are getting sort of sold out, and they're changing blends. I, they're think. Pl- I think they're changing producers, though. Yeah, right? yeah, pro- yeah, yeah. Because the people that own Smoking Pipes bought the pipe part of mm-hmm. Peter of Peterson, and somebody else bought the 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 like rights to the tobacco. Hmm. I mean, I imagine the recipe would go with them. But that's what I'm saying. Like, well, what I know you, people like hardcore connoisseurs of like Peterson's Perfect Plug are yeah. going to be pretty upset if, um, you know, I, I'm assuming if their plug has changed or the way it's produced has changed. Um, yeah. I think they said all their pretty big stuff is going to stay like Irish Oak, Irish Whiskey, um, um, maybe it was Irish Flake. Um, Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. Hyde Park, I think, all that, Peterson Perfect Plug, Old Dublin, all that's going to stay. But, it, you know, it may change. Um, and I, mean, I could be wrong. I, I could be uh, maybe taking some liberties with my paraphrasing. But um, but I, what I, sort of what I was getting at is what keeps, say, Peterson from saying, hey, you know, we want a blend that is similar to, let's just say, Elizabethan mixture. What keeps them from just, you know, deciding to use the blend, the same blender that made Elizabethan and say, hey, we want to use that exact recipe. Uh, because like, you know, with Cornell and Deal, they don't use the same, the recipes that GLPs create to make any of their blends. The same components, but like, Pease makes his recipes, you know, which consists of certain percentages of the component. But Cornell and Deal has access to it, but Cornell and Deal doesn't. They you know, those recipes are for GLPs blends. They don't repackage them as their own. Right. Along with the GLPs. So like, what keeps other companies from doing things like that? I mean, like, the pipe community and tobacco community are pretty close-knit. Yeah. There's probably some sort of gentleman's agreement about the whole thing. I imagine, like, if you had upset somebody, like a Pease, who has a, a fairly large platform, I believe, like, um... He could probably get word out that like you kind of double crossed him, and I'm sure people wouldn't take kindly to it. And he probably would. I mean, let's just say if Cornell and Dill did do that, he probably would stop me. You know, he'd stop working with him. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pease. It's it. Sorry, we're going we're going chasing a rabbit here, but Pease seems to me like you know 
we've talked about this before. If if I think if he started pinning his up the old, you know, the the more uh, European way in the in the fifty gram tens, the gold ones. I mean, I think he would be a top contender amongst blenders or uh, uh, you know, yeah, blenders because he he makes good stuff. I mean, you think there's a difference between the tens? Yeah, we talked about it once before. You know, you were saying that um, his stuff seems to not be as as, as married together. Oh, you? Oh, yeah, because you had the theory that you thought it yeah. had to do with like the tinning process. Yeah, because to me, it seems like, just in my personal opinion, I don't see how that uh, that um, that gold tin, as compared to the like little thin uh, aluminum. Tin that American blends come in. I mean, just to me, that makes so much sense. Why the gold tin holds its holds its um, you know holds its own more. Uh, and and I mean, and it's like you said, most of the of the English and European um, blends um, just seem more married. Mm-hmm. Their, their components seem more married. And I, and to me, I don't think that has anything to do with. The manufacturer, I really do think it has to do with the packaging, because even with the, you know, when you when you pop open the gold tins, you hear that you hear that sound, and yeah. you, you do hear it a little bit with these with the Cornell and Dill tins, and like the uh, Seattle Pipe Club Pipe Club uh, tins, but it's not as pronounced. Mm-hmm. It's a lot different. So I think that's the thing. But that's interesting. Yeah. Now he, he's um, recreated Drew Grandson's. Um, Blends and I'd like to get a hold of them because I think they're packaged differently. But I do not know, which that's probably silly of me to say, but I don't know if they're done by Cornell and Deal. They might not be, but the packaging's so different. So it's a it's a different packaging. It's got to be Cornell and Deal. There's no way it's not. But like, I could um, be wrong. Unless he unless I mean, has peas always been? Has he always been? Um, Packaged and, and blended by Cornell and Dillard? Or was there ever a time where he didn't? I believe he always has. I'm pretty sure he always has. Uh, from my... You know... From my understanding, he's always been blended by Cornell and Dill. Now, we talked about it before. Who is it that... Oh, okay, like like the Hearth at Home. They're they're in a in a in like that, that style tin. The, the gold 50 mm-hmm. gram tin. And they're American. Yeah, well, I mean, but they're a different tobacco company. They're not Cornell and Yeah, Dill. but I was just saying, like, um, if you wanted to test that theory out, I don't know. You'd have to well, find Well, okay, somebody. well, then here, here's a perfect example. I got an example of it, mm-hmm. a head-to-head, okay? Mm-hmm. Hearth and Home, that is uh, Russ Ouellette's, I think bl- bl- he blends under that name. Kind of the GLPs of that, of that I think, the Pennsylvania Tobacco Group. Um and his Black House went head to head with Meridian, which is GLP's version of the Sobrani tin that mm-hmm. they did a competition a couple years ago. It was like that, like I said, uh, Blue uh, Blue Mountain or Blue Balkan or Balkan Blue um, by McClellan, uh, Meridian by GLP's, which was a Cornell and Deal, and then Black House, which is a um, Hearth and Home or a I think Pennsylvania Tobacco Group uh, company. Or standard tobacco. I can't remember which one. It's one of those. Um, maybe they're both the same. I don't know. But um, and Black House won. Hmm. So 
if it has to do with marriage and the, and the game changer is that the tin style is what's giving you that sort of uh, married flavor throughout. I mean, if there's anything that, to prove that, then GLPs and Russellette going head to head on that that would be the that would be the deciding factor, I suppose. That makes sense. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Because they might have just mixed up a bunch of bags of the stuff and just brought it up there. But if they actually tinned it, you know, and they had to smoke it from the tin, there's a lot of information that we don't have. Yeah, and it's hard to compare blends to blends when you don't know if the recipes were exactly the same, you know. That's that's another thing. And and two, you bring in bulk stuff, you know. Um, isn't like Stokeby, he's only bulk. Uh-huh. So, I mean, what do people consider, like, like, I've never, I don't know, I've never smoked Luxury Flake or Bullseye versus Escudo versus whatever that version would be that's tanned up like like the more, you know, Cornell and Dill style. Uh, that could be a, tele, a telltale sign. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, maybe there's a, a, a common thing where stuff could be stuff isn't as married as well because it's, it's a whole bulk. That's true. I don't know. You know, that, that's some questions that we'll have to continue doing some digging on. But sort like of you said, I mean, if they're not the same blends, how can they be compared? That's what I was like. Like we would need to get, <clears throat> we would need to get like GLPs to get one of his normal things made by Cornell and Dill, and then just maybe on a one-off take that same recipe and ask Scandinavian to, uh, Tobacco Group to do the same thing, but in mm-hmm. but in their style, and then. And then prepare them. That'd mm-hmm. be the only way to do it, I think. And then you would then you'd find out. Yeah, just doing the two different tin, tin types. I mean, you would have to see how long they sat for, because I've gotten obviously. I mean, I've gotten tons of tobacco over the years, but I've gotten tobacco that have been already aged a year, and then there's no telling how much how long they were aged. I mean, you'd have to have all these, like how long has it been in the tin that could affect it, and blah 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 blah. But uh, yeah, if, if you could control the variables as much as possible. As long as they were the same, especially if they came out of the same stock, and you tend them at the exact same time. Yeah, if you could get Cornell Dill, sim- simplify this, if you could get them to just tin one up the, you know, with a 50-gram tin, gold tin. And then tin another the other way. Yeah. And then let them sit for like a year. Yeah. I think giving them a year would probably help. Yeah. But that's the thing. How long are, how long are tins, how long do they sit before they come to you? And you buy something from smoking pipes. Well, the best thing to do is to look at the dead gum uh, label. We can find that out here shortly. Because we just just got one in this week. We had to order some of that Telegraph Hill for the vapor challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, And and we can look at it and see. But pulling it all back to to just to say about this uh, squadron leader, uh, I'm going to say it is high. It's going to be up there with my my mixture 965 Mm -hmm. moving forward. Um, I'm going to say mid-high. When you burn it hot, it does sour a little bit. Mm. It doesn't have the buttery. doesn't mean it's going to be like outright out of the gate, but I mean, I mean, you guys probably already can tell my opinion on it. I'm not going to beat around the bush about it. Not to say that Patrick, he's going to reveal at his time and I'm going to reveal at mine, I guess. And that's the, the joys of having two people sitting here. But like personally, um, I mean, 965 is probably the superior of the two blends. I don't see how it couldn't be just from these two smokes and the many smokes I've had before. I, Like I said, I've not always been 
super impressed with English or any type of non-aromatic blend um, out of the Gawith camp. Um, not to say that they don't... Look, you could give me Squadron Leader and you say, this is the only tobacco you get for the rest of your life, and I promise you I'll smoke it. Um, and maybe even one day learn how to smoke it in a way that that is a, that is makes it the best tobacco I've ever had in my entire life. But you know, all in all, I just, I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel it the way, you know, something like a 965 would come off the bat at. So that's just my opinion. Well, with that, I'm pretty close to the end here. So me too, buddy. Me too. Well, uh, till the next time. See y'all. All right. Bye y'all. Uh-oh. Part three. Here we go. Tobacotology English. Part three. We are smoking Esoterica's Mark 8. Mm-hmm. A much beloved English blend uh, to some, not to others. Uh, I don't know. This, to me, is this and Pembroke are the sort of stepchildren of the Esoterica line, I think, personally. Stepchildren? Like, yeah. Why you say that? I can pretty much find this without a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the ones that give everyone trouble are their aromatics, Stonehaven, Penzance, obviously. And um, the... Um, like Ramsgate. And, uh, and Soda Bed. Yeah, Ramsgate, um, all their Virginias, Tillsbury, Dorchester, Dunbar, all those are difficult to find. But Margate and Pembroke seem to be always pretty much readily available. Hmm. Someone out home is screaming, I'm sure. But um, it is, if you look, brick and mortars have a tendency of stocking them and keeping them around because I can find them. It's not, that's, anytime someone asks me for Margate or Pembroke, I've got that just lying around, just like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, and this is sort of like a, uh, I, don't, I don't know what you make of it, but being as young as I am in the game, of the four blends that were that, that are battling this out, Margate's the one I've had the most of. Mm. Actually, Margate's the only one I had had. Well, I had had Squadron Leader once um, before yesterday. But, um, but yeah, Mar- I've had the Margate the most. But, um, yeah, Margate and... Artisans one, which we'll, we'll be smoking next. Um, and these are the ones that I was, I'm really seasoned in. This is pretty much where I started smoking Englishes pretty much regularly. Um, Artisans blend was one of my first blends to be introduced as far as an English blend is concerned. Like that's one of the first. I was sort of an aromatic kind of guy, and then um, with just kind of cheap pipes and stuff, and then I was sort of introduced. I think I'd smoked Nightcap before, but what I readily, regularly started smoking was Artisan's Blend, and uh, you know I feel like I pretty much know these two blends like in and out since like I smoked so much of it. Um, but yeah, like uh, you know, I mean, like I said, you know, I'm gonna tell you everything I know about it. <laughs> you guys might disagree. Uh, remember, these opinions are subjective. You know, your mileage may vary. So, but uh, let's get into it, man. What do you think? Uh, that toastiness I spoke about uh, with Squadron Leader is there. A very different um, retro hail. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's because I'm familiar with it. 
But I think I'm, I don't know, it's about middle of the road right now for me. I, uh, so Margate is pretty much a standard English like we discussed earlier. Oriental, Latakia, Virginia to round it out. Um, the difference between Margate from every other blend that we've had is typically you're going to, what we've been smoking, um, because Scandinavian tobacco group, um, I think did the Dunhill blend, the original Dunhill blend that we had, 965. Um, and the Artisan's blend is, uh, it's Copeland uh, Cop, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Another German blend. So it, those two have sort of a coarse slash ribbon cut. Ribbon cut, really, for 965. Um, and then Squadron Leader is a coarse cut as well, or cube cut kind of, and then it was like cross between coarse cube. But the difference between those, which have, you know, you really just with a pinch, you get a little bit more tobacco versus what you're getting with Margate. Margate absolutely has my favorite cut of all time, uh, shag cut, which is very thin, um, stringy sort of like angel hair pasta of tobacco and i love it because it makes the most beautiful ash and it is so easy to to dry out if you need to it's so easy to smoke when it's a little bit on the moist side and you can actually smoke it a little bit on the moist side which i feel like gives it a little bit more of a punch and a little bit more flavor um which lends itself to the fact that it's just a very traditional english i think it does have a little bit more latakia than Pretty much the other blends that we've smoked. Um, It is right out in front, that smokiness, you know. You're going to get it just right from a tin opening. And then you have that nice sort of spicy uh, oriental smell, you know, that kind of like citrusy, spicy kind of smell. And then, and it burns and you, you you know, they're really the ones doing the the most, like, um, I think in the blend. And then, of course, the Virginia sort of rounds it out. And I think, like I said, the Virginia is in the appropriate balance between that and the Latakia, I think, give you that buttery finish. This is going to be one of the blends that is a little bit more Latakia heavy. I don't think that should scare people away, though, because I think at the beginning, a beginning English smoker um, would do himself a disservice or herself a disservice if they went with a lighter Latakia. I would say going back to the the the, the type of cut of these blends, on the on the offset or at the offset, I, I thought that shag would be the what I like on paper. I'm like, well you know the finer it is, I think I'm gonna like that the best. But I don't I don't like the stringy aspect of it. Uh I would much rather I think I was expecting it to be like a ribbon cut but cut more in like half. Like each of the ribbons, maybe it were cut in half or in like a into thirds. I'm not a big fan of the stringy part of it. Um, I, I think ribbon cut and coarse cut is probably still my favorite uh, because maybe maybe for the packability of it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it seems like I'm like I got to do a lot of work. Not a lot of. I mean, it ain't, it ain't, it's not like a terrible amount, but. It's so much easier for me to pack a bowl that's in a ribbon cut or a coarse cut than it is a shack cut for me. Because I have to do a lot of, I got to pull off some, sort of rip it apart sometimes if, if they're too stringy or too, and especially if it's too moist. 
well, do like it. I do. I do like the way it's, it like it smokes and it comes down to a good ash, a fine ash. But as far as packability, I love that. I, love, I can't. But I'm not really. To me, the packability and the and the cut really doesn't affect anything with this. Or it, I'm not taking that into account for anything that we're doing. Uh, I'm only looking at taste. I uh, think that the, you know you you hit the nail on the head, man. Like shag clumps that's all there is to it especially yeah. if it's moist it's going to clump it's going to look like spaghetti thrown against the wall you know it's just it it, it, it clumps yeah um i don't mind breaking it apart i think it's easier to manage when you're drying it mm-hmm. i think it smokes a little bit better um granted i do think we'd be doing everyone a disservice if we base taste which is i think what this is really about um to you know the ease of smoking yeah i mean maybe not um i like i said earlier like you know kind of subjective you know if you it just depends kind of like how you want to get into the bowl because i mean there's as much to becoming at ease with packing and sort of setting yourself up your favorite chair your favorite spot going outside taking a wall um, or just doing any of your general things when you're setting up a pipe. But, um, you know, I mean, to me, packing a pipe, whether it's coarse cut or shag cut, I do find that it, there's a there's an easier packability to me with shag. Yeah. I just sort of understand it because that's yeah. probably what I started with, so it's easy to pack. Also, I smoked cigarettes, and I used to roll my own, so mm. that's pretty much what a cigarette is. It's a shag cut. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's just, it's easier for me to handle, um, personally, but we're really talking about taste. And if you're into taste, I mean, this is a pretty middle of the road blend as far as your Englishes. I've had superior Englishes to this, um, maybe not necessarily in our grouping right now, but, um, you know, as far as like a lat tequila bomb, which is what is really going to have to compete with something that is more rounded like say 965 you're going to want something that really just takes us takes the stage and you know separates itself out it's just like you know what we know you like that 965 and but here's what's up we're completely separating ourselves out from it like that's how you defeat something you just really change it up in my opinion margate not really does not really doing it like it doesn't yeah. really separate itself out from anything other than say a English blend with just a teensy bit more Latakia. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I um, yeah, I, I definitely agree that it is very much a um, just a middle of the road English. I I, I really like. I, I mean, I really like what it's doing, but I I, I think the two earlier in the week. Um, are um are just i don't know they bring more to the table i guess well i mean it's not going to be not enjoyable i think Mm. you can enjoy any tobacco and everyone's going to have their opinion on what their preferred english is or what their preferred tobacco is a lot of people are just virginia perique fanatics and they really don't want to hear about that latakia orientalness you know Mm -hmm. um as far as taste and stuff are concerned, uh, 965 has the buttery finish that I like. The good thing about Margate is it is not weak 
in comparison to say like a squadron leader in Latakia, I do want to taste some of that smoky woodsy flavor that's going to, you know, come out in that Latakia. Um, but when you, when you put it forward more so with the Orientals and they don't blend as, uh, as effortlessly as say a 965 does, what ends up happening is Latakia sort of takes over everything and then you have a really overpowering English blend that, you know, I mean, doesn't really, I mean, it, it doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah. Um, not to say that it's bad, but I mean, I think I could get a lot more out of, say, a Westminster mm. or a, um, uh, maybe like Abingdon, which actually is kind of a lap bomb for GLPs. Um, uh, you know, there's there's just a lot more, you know, in blends that ha have a little bit more characteristic or even blends. Oh, here's a perfect example. Take Margate. It's kind of humdrum, right? Add a topping of cognac to it, you get Pembroke, and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Pembroke's like one of my favorite blends of Esoterica, and it is Margate Shag Cut with a um, cognac dressing, mm -hmm. and it completely changes the flavor, kind of gives it sort of a smooth, aromatic English, um, and it, it's superior to English's, say, like Northwoods by Boswell. Um, Northwoods is a what I would call a sort of an aromatic English and it has a sweet kind of aftertaste to it more sweet than I would prefer but it does have that Pembroke doesn't overbear you with that aromatic sweetness of the cognac but um, it's there in a way that it sort of marries relatively evenly with the, the blend yeah and what's actually interesting in all this is I don't really have a favorite English, so I'm, I may find my favorite at the end of all this. <laughs> what stinks, what's not good about it is Margate is, even though it's easier to find than other Esotericas, it's still pretty hard to find. <laughs> Squadron Leader, pretty much hard to find. <laughs> and then 965, might not be able to get it ever again, might be able to get it one day again. Really, I'm, I'm, I hope I like uh, Arts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going to find out. I mean, the, the, like, the, you know, I mean, you like Chelsea Morning. Yeah, I do like Chelsea Morning. Um, but is it going away? Well, <laughs> uh, to be announced, I guess. Like, so yeah. we, don't, we don't really know. It's a post-2007 blend, I, so. I like Northwoods. I like uh, Old Dublin from Peterson. I like Star of the East. Uh, just none of them have been, like, stand out to me. Well, Westminster's a good, like, it's been around, it's not going away, mm -hmm. um, and it tastes pretty good. Yeah. I mean, like, I agree, like, say, like, to me, Peas came into his own in the old London series, which, you know, yeah. Coppice, Gaslight, Quiet Nights, Chelsea Morning, um, Regency Flake, uh, Temple Bar, um, Lagonda, and that might be it. I'm really trying to find which this 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 uh, competition may not even fix that but I'm trying to find a bulk blend a bunch of bulk blends um, that I work with 
Well, I mean, I think that HH Latakia Flake is superior to mm-hmm. a majority of the things we smoke, and that's a McBarrett. I forgot and about it. You, yeah. you can buy HH Latakia Flake in bulk. You can buy it by the pound, mm-hmm. which is way more tobacco than you need. Um, but I'm planning on getting a hold of uh, HH Balkan, mm-hmm. um, which is their Balkan blend, and I'd like to see how that stacks up. Plum pudding's really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's also kind of a Balkan as well. But um, yeah, you know, I mean, like there's some there's some great contenders out there. You just gotta search, and and they're not going anywhere. They're just waiting to be picked up. The the irony is is that when you finally do lose out on some of these, like nine six five or say Chelsea Morning and and uh, Quiet Nights go the way of the not Dodo as well, um, people are going to you know come. Right after the blends that you really like, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I remember when I was, I mean, it seemed like I always could see, I remember younger Zach always saw Tilbury at a brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. But when, uh, what was it, it was Red Ribbon by McClellan? Mm-hmm. Um, when it went away, and then it seemed like everyone was buying Tilbury. Um, I don't feel like they're comparable, but like, um, but, you know, that's what happened. A lot of people went to, other blends when Frog Morton's and the rest of McClellan's blends sort of evaporated. Yeah. Cause it seems like you're always going to have that kind of battle mm-hmm. or that kind of thing going on. But Well, I think as far as Margate goes, like I said, I think it's going to, it's, it's got some catching up to do, I think, so far in this challenge. I mean, I think it's a perfectly fine middle of the road. I mean, it would probably be a great blend to recommend to a beginning pipe smoker. Unfortunately, if they really like it, according to you and some others, I'm sure it isn't the most easily obtainable. But none of the esoterica blends are. None of yeah. them are. But, I mean, it would appear that it's a little bit more difficult to acquire this. Um, it'd be like saying, like, yeah, I mean, start with Stonehaven. Start with Penzance. <laughs> yeah. Good luck, kid. Um, I mean, you can fight for it and look. I mean, they're, they're there. You just you don't want to make it a part of your rotation, especially if you're, like, extremely, you know, addicted to it because it's it's just probably not going to be around, unfortunately. Yeah. But, so you got it You got it about middle ways right now mm-hmm. in, your, in your countdown or in, or in your breakdown? Well, I think, you know, Margate needs... I mean, I think you just need to be honest about it. You know, the the allure of Esoterica just doesn't do it for me all the time. Uh, It actually, but, you know, I really enjoyed smoking it when I started out. And I don't think anybody could have told me that there was a a blend that was, you know, superior to Margate, you know, when I was 22. Yeah. Um, Times have changed. I do not feel the same way. I've smoked a lot more tobacco between 22 and 32. Um, you have a decade of time to look for other things. Your opinions change. Your taste changes. I mean, there's probably enough uh, alkaline buildup and just black tar on my tongues that, like, I'm sure, like, just my sensibilities have changed, you know? Like, or maybe age changes your olfacular senses or you know I, I smell differently but you know, I think at 22 I was you know a, an advocate of Margate 
and now I think that like yeah it's a fine place to start um, I'm not gonna go bend over backwards to try to acquire it yeah well I'm almost down there to the bottom mm-hmm. so. so that's the one thing about this like I will say this though Margate gets five stars on being the perfect break tobacco if you have a small pipe and a pinch of Margate you can definitely take a 15 smoking a pipe so if yep. you guys have like a, a tiny pipe and Margate and your English connoisseurs then I definitely recommend grabbing uh, grabbing it because it smokes relatively quickly on a half bowl it just gets down to the bottom quicker and that you're not really over puffing it it's just the nature of shag. I think it just continually burns even when you're not puffing on it just because it's just so fine. And that doesn't really sacrifice flavor, which is a compliment to it. Maybe they knew what they were doing when they created the shag cut for Margate because, I mean, it's not the most whopping, amazing, flavor-packed, you know, blend, but at the same time, I can smoke it in 15 minutes or 20 and uh, get my flavors worth yeah oh yeah but um all righty well i guess until tomorrow until artisans blend artisans blend so here it comes the final the final countdown see y'all the final of the four English blend, the number four seed, Ashton's Artisan blend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A majestic blend by Cole House and Cop. I think I called it Colgate and Cost. I saw that. I screwed that name up so bad when we were talking about it during our Margate discussion. But Cole House and Cop. I probably still screwed it up, but that's who it is. They're the blender. Um, this is this is the second blend that I started out smoking um, in, an er- in, in my early years and this blend um, I still I still really like it but it's got some uh, it's got some things um, going on with it that are a little bit different a little bit interesting so you know uh, I'll let you kind of lead out tell me what you think about it okay well Hmm. Hmm. It's a little bit. Hmm. It's a little bit closer to nine six five. To me. Than uh, Margate or Squadron Leader was. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I like the. It doesn't have that toastiness that that Margate and Squadron Leader had, but it's mm-hmm. man, it's hmm, it's nice. I I really don't know what I make what I make of it yet. Mm. Like I said, it it does seem a little closer to nine six five. Hmm. I do like the cut. Okay. Hmm. What's your? I know you said you know you got some bias, I guess, from it being one of the 
original ones you started with? Well, not necessarily, because I don't really, I'm not the biggest proponent of Margate. Anymore. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, so, now, after 10 years or so, how, what do you think of it now? Well, um, Artisan's Blend does something kind of interesting, where Margate, like, I guess in, like, kind of the old saying, you, can, you know, you can never go home again. Well, Artisan's Blend really proves that you can, to me. Yeah. Um, Artisan's Blend is a blend that I can return to, and in a weird freeze frame, I still love it. And that has some caveats in it. Um, because older smokers of Artisan's Blend um, should be able to notice that it has actually gotten more tame over the years than it was earlier, which is interesting because I think that I like more nuance the older I get, and I don't feel like the earlier Artisan's Blend had much nuance with it in the beginning, you know, like, I don't know, like 12 years ago or whatever. Um, I think that has a lot to do with it being more Syrian Latakia uh, than it probably has today. Um, this blend touts the Syrian Latakia, you know, stamp of approval. Um, I can tell a distinct difference that they've either shortchanged their amount of, or percentages in Latakia uh, versus what they used to. Because used to, it used to be just like a lat bomb um, with some other things that kind of adorned it. Now it feels like there are other things going on. This is a peculiar blend too because technically I would probably categorize it as a Balkan blend. And it gets the moniker of English and I don't know if that's really justified. So this is kind of an interesting comparison because I feel like I'm actually comparing a Balkan to three Englishes. Well, we did include Balkans in the in the, the voting. Balkans were included in the with English since it's sort of like a sect of English, I guess. Okay, well then that works out then I guess. So I mean it is like a I subset, think, like. But this says, I mean, it's a full-bodied English mixture, is what it says on yeah. the thing. Yeah. So, yeah, sure. Um, there are a lot of differing opinions about what is actually in Artisan's Blend. Because um, I mean, does it really have Syrian like again? Good question. I don't know. I mean, you kind of have to go by what the company says. Uh, but the company also says a bunch of other stuff that completely contradict what other uh, providers of the tin say that's in it. So the we know for a fact, without getting country of origin style, that there is Latakia, Oriental, and Virginia, which is, as we've discussed before, your base layers of an English blend. This is where... We kind of go off-road a little bit. According to Colehouse and Cop, there's Dark Fire Kentucky in it. And um, the Dark Fire Kentucky, Virginia, and Oriental are minor in comparison to the Syrian Latakia. Because this is a very, more, this is definitely a robust blend. Um, this is going to be on par with your Plum Puddings, um, with your Abingdon, um it's just, I wouldn't, I mean, we're not going into like an old Ironside situation, but I mean, we're talking about something that's definitely more robust than say, well, definitely more so than Chelsea Morning and all the blends that we've discussed. Yeah. Um, 
The other thing that is contradictory is that other organizations say that it has Black Cavendish in it. Now, while it is going against what the company says, because I don't think the company actually says that they have Black Cavendish in it, what's interesting about that is is that we know 965 has Brown Cavendish in it. Yes. And the Cavendish, in quote-unquote Cavendish, that is inside Artisan's blend gives it that 965 flavor, yep. that rounded sweetness that we were sort of bragging and touting at the first review on Monday. Yeah. So I think that, I don't know. I can tell you right now that if it had dark fired and I smoked it as much as I do typically when I get a hold of a tin of Artisan's Blend, I'd probably have severe tongue bite because when I when I oversmoke Virginia's, when I oversmoke dark fired Kentucky's, I tend to get tongue bite if I'm not careful. I mean, I can usually manage, but I mean, if, Typically, if, you, if I smoke um, two bowls of a straight English, I mean, I'm sorry, straight uh, Virginia, or two bowls uh, of uh, a dark fire Kentucky base, um, I'm going to get tongue bite. It doesn't matter if I smoke one at 8 a.m. and one at 8 p.m. It's just going to happen. I don't know what it is about those blends. I love them. I don't mind sacrificing my tongue for a day. Um, it usually ruins dinner, but I prefer tobacco anyway. But, I mean, that's what happens to me. Don't usually get that with Artisan's one. Yeah. Something else, too. Uh, there's Perique in this blend. Which there's not. There hasn't been in the others. Mm-hmm. Now, that might be why I don't get tongue bite. Because I think Perique negates the alkaline buildup on your tongue. You see, I love I love Perique, for the most part. If a blend has Perique in it, I like it. But for the most part, and... Which just has says it only has like a touch of it. Um, something else I'm noticing that I didn't notice in the others. There feels like there's a uh, more nicotine in this one, in this blend. I could see that than the other three. Which is strange because it doesn't say it has any burly. But I think Dark Fire Kentucky is a burly, so maybe yeah. maybe there is Dark Fire if you think you're getting a kick from it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel it more than I felt in the others. Well, this definitely doesn't, it's not a blend that holds back, that's for sure. Yeah, this is what happens when you get a ribbon-cut plum pudding, you know? I think plum pudding without the fruit. Well, I was going to say, I think plum pudding... Oh, it doesn't have brick in it? I don't think so. I think that's what's the difference between it and Bengal slices. That and I think uh, Bengal slices has an, an anise topping mm-hmm. on it. But now, plum pudding has has something else with it. I don't know what... It, maybe it's cased in something. I mean, it's got to be. It's got to have something like that. Most of them do. Um, but more Whatever it is, is different than what Artisan's blend is. I mean, Artisan's Blend, you're going to get, so, you're going to get your smoky right out of the gate. You're going to smell smoke. It's going to be smoke. Regardless if it's Cyprian or Syrian Latakia, you're going to get it. It's going to be right in your face, out of the gate. You're, it's, it's still, to this day, still overshadows anything else in it. You can smell around for a little while. You might get a touch of hay, 
for your Virginia, you might get a touch of spice for like your Oriental, but like that Latakia is going to be there. And you really need to, it's going to be difficult in my opinion to wade through, especially if you got an older tin and all the blend, all the different tobaccos have really, really, really melted. And it sort of becomes this symphony of one note that you're, you know, smelling through. Um, but that doesn't really bother me. I don't really smell any sourness that would come from the Perique. Probably lends to the fact that there is like a touch. But I mean, Perique to me is a condiment. Mm. Um, the reason I like Virginia Periques or Vapor Blends is because they, it, it, one, it tones down the tongue bite that I would get. I could smoke and smoke and smoke Virginia Perique Blends. But also, it just adds kind of a nice little spice to it just you know it's the truffle of tobacco mm-hmm. and i and i i mean i think i prefer vapors to englishes as well just because just you know like you can just smoke them just, if if people gave me vapors and that was the only thing i could smoke for the rest of the time i'd be very happy with that mm-hmm. um i like a little burley to mix in there too every now and again but you know. Yeah, you're a Vapor fan. From what I can gather. But like I said, I, I, I don't know. I, well, actually, that's up for debate. Because like I said, I like Haunted Bookshop. I don't like old Joe Krantz, though. So. What I love about you is that like you're definitely, of the two of us, more sensitive to nicotine. But then out of the gate, you love Haunted Bookshop, which is burly base. And most people will tell you that Haunted Butch, Bookshop will uh, put them on their asses. That is crazy because, like I said, heavy Virginia is what's put me on my ass more than anything. And I, and again, I don't know why. Really, nothing has done it except for that one time. Maybe, maybe there were some variables that I'm not taking into consideration. Because as much as I've smoked on this show and outside of the show since then, nothing's ever really done anything like that to me. Yeah, obviously, you build up a, a certain amount of tolerance, but I mean. I wouldn't consider you like a like a heavy smoker. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm anywhere from one to three or four times a week, you know. Except for this week, this week's been a big old kick. What we call that is this week is wonderful. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> this week is vacation. <laughs> this is a vacation from his typical not smoking as much. Yeah. Yeah. It's just to think about Patrick is I think Patrick gets coerced into smoking more because I'm around. When I come around, like, <laughs> the pipes come out, so. Yeah, which, I mean, I don't complain. <laughs> that's for sure. But this is, um, like I said, you know, with all that stuff that we just discussed, um, you know, being a, maybe more so a Balkan than an English, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada, um, this is definitely sits very high. Yeah, I'd have to say my ranking has sort of readjusted. Um, you know, going in, it was really 965 and Squadron Leader were battling it out. And Margate was sort of there trying to play catch up. And I'd have to say Squadron Leader has dropped down with Margate. And uh, Ashton, uh, Artisan's Blend is up there um, with 965. It's really going to, I mean, you'll have to wait and find out. Um on Friday's conclusion, but I mean, it's going to be, I'm just going to tell you, it's going to be between Artisan's Blend and 965. And that's fine. I mean, you should, 
Yeah, but we should have pretty much assumed that Margate was going to get kicked out. Like, I kind of knew it going in. I was like, eh, Margate, like, it's okay. Um, I think it, it has a lot more clout because of J.F. Germain, and they're kind of inaccessible to the general public. Yeah. Eh, that's not necessarily true with Margate, but, I mean, I'm sure people out there understand what I'm referring to. So, I mean, it just it's just a little bit more difficult to acquire. I think that gives it a little bit more mystique and uh, makes it a, more of a power hitter. Because, I, you know, I have friends and I, I've belonged to groups that are esoterica connoisseurs and fans um, to a level that is sort of cult-like, which I respect. Um, I mean, we're not talking Heaven's Gate, obviously, but, you know, it, it has like a, sort of a cult status in the tobacco community. And while some of that to me feels like it's unmerited because it has less to do with taste and more to do with availability. They do have some amazing blends. Um, you know, some of them I think you do have to work into. And sometimes I think it's kind of like the, uh, kind of a part of maybe being, you know, being around something or chasing something for so long that, you, you sort of incorrectly hype it in your mind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I've done that with Stonehaven, which um, when I acquired it and smoked it, eh, it's okay. You know, wasn't the, uh, it wasn't like the way everyone made it out to be. With that in mind, I'm not giving up on it. I continually smoke it, and my taste for the Virginia Burley blend um in this case, Stonehaven has adjusted a little bit more. Um, yeah, it's it's an it's kind of an oatmeal flavor that you know is satisfying in its own way, but not to the not to the degree that people are like, yes, if you can get it, you know. Yeah, I, I like it a lot, uh, and it, it's sort of like one of those, you know, how you like Margate and Pembroke for its um, for the cut and the way it smokes. Mm -hmm. um, I like Stonehaven. Well, one, I, I I like I I like it a lot. It's it's flavor and but I I really like the way it smokes and like how how fine of a flake that is. Um, I really enjoy that. Um, yeah, Stonehaven is good. But what really I was gonna say, what we should have done, if we had a, a bigger production team, and we can't really do it with the vapors, but what. Well, well, I guess we could, but what would, would have been nice is if we did not know the ones we were smoking in this whole endeavor. If we now I know Margate would, would throw a little hiccup because we'd be able to see that it's a shag, but you know if somehow we could have some if we had a third person uh, filling the bowl and you know doing all the stuff, if we could have blindfolded ourselves in a way and and sort of ranked them that way. Uh, that would have been interesting to to know. That would have been good. I mean, it, because like I mean, I don't. I hope everyone understands out there that I'm not some uh, sommelier, some sort of tobacco tasting, wine tasting kind of fellow. Um, I think if you were to tell me tell the difference between, you know, I think I can tell the difference between high end and low end tobacco. Um, 
for the most part. But um, if you were to get down to like blends, like can you taste the difference between this blend and this blend when they're very similar? Um, I can probably tell you that Latakia is more pronounced, or Oriental is more pronounced than this, or there's a little bit more Virginia. I definitely can tell the difference between blends, obviously, but at a certain point, you know, I think when you get to that high level, it's going to be just a little bit of nuance here and there. I look forward to next week because um, Virginia Perique has a special place in my heart, and there's certain types of toppings that kind of make uh, – so I remember really like – I think it's Reiner 71 or Reiner Gold is what I call it, um, which is a white burly Virginia Perique with a honey topping and orange. And um, I love that blend. I love that blend. But if you were to talk about one of my favorite, just straight Virginia Perique, it's Fillmore. And uh, this is interesting because we are actually going to taste Telegraph Hill, which I haven't had before. Um, I've had Stratford and I've had Fillmore. Honestly, when I tried Fillmore, I didn't think you could get better than Fillmore. So there wasn't any reason to go any further. It was so full and so perfect of a Virginia Perique that mm-hmm. I didn't think that there was really any need to sort of peruse the GOP's lines because like it just tasted so amazing. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna be interested to see how this stacks up against Telegraph Hill. Uh, Stratford, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's whatever. I mean I'm not the uh, biggest Stratford fan in the world. It's okay. Yeah, but um I have it. I, I, I enjoy it pretty well. Um, it's, it's nice. I think it's a pretty middle of the road. I think there's a lot more to be said for Fillmore. I think it's a little bit more robust with like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's almost like the Virginias are really ripe or something because they taste so fruity and so amazing. And then there's a sourness to it that is really satisfying and coats the tongue. It's almost like, I don't even like this fruit, but it's like sort of like after an hour or two, that's still that sort of sour coating on your tongue if you eat a grapefruit. Mm-hmm. Fillmore does that in a very subtle way that's that's satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see that. I think I'm going to have a little bit more stronger opinions on the Virginia Perique. Englishes, I feel like, and I said this before and other things, Latakia is going to overpower everything. So really you just all, to me, English Balkans are just smoking different shades of Latakia. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I was just sitting here thinking about how much I'm going to. I'm not not to discredit this week, but I'm really looking forward to next week with the papers because mm-hmm. that is that's going to be a lot of fun. Now, granted, we definitely cannot do like the blind uh, testing with that because uh, luxury bull bulls off lake is involved, uh, and you're definitely going to know right off the bat, you know, which one that one is. Um, so. I think the rest of them are... Um, well, it's a Scudo. Well, a Scudo. So, I mean, in a way, you could do it between... You could do a Scudo... You could do a blind one between a Scudo and Luxury Bulls Off Lake, and you could do a blind between Telegraph Hill and Elizabethan. But, but a Scudo doesn't have, a like, a Cavendish core. Like... Yeah. Well, I mean, if somebody... I guess if somebody packed it for us. Okay, you, know, yeah. you know, like... Then, then I guess, yeah, you could just blind blindly do it. Yeah, but you'd have to have someone to pack it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just, you just grab one, yeah. <laughs> just blindly put it in your put it in your thing. Um, but, but yeah. So, you know, with our is this the only blend that Ashton makes? 
Well, they've got a lot more. Okay, this is the only one I've ever heard of, though. I, to me, it's their best, but they have like Consummate Gentleman and oh, okay. something Breeze. Uh, they have a, I think one called Yacht something. So, so I mean, I think you guys have heard me talk about Ashton and Ferndown and Sassini pipes, and those are the three oh, pipes. This is the same Ashton. This is the same oh. Ashton. So these are spinoff. Uh, Okay, so, so as I said before, Dunhill and Sheraton, basically Dun, Dunhill stole uh, Sassini, who was working for Sheraton at the time. Sassini sort of helped produce Dunhill pipes. And then Sassini was like, ah, I can do this better. He spun off, he created the Sassini pipe, which if you guys have ever listened to this podcast, or at least for the last couple of times, you know that Sassini is definitely my favorite. Um, I didn't speak about it earlier because I thought I'd lost my only Sassini pipe, but it was recovered and it smokes brilliantly as any Sassini pipe will. I'm even getting more Sassini pipes. I'm actually kind of obsessed with them again. Um, but aside from Sassini, there are, there's Ashton and Ferndown and, um, great pipes. I love all three of them. Um, you know, I think, um, they all sort of spun off from the Dunhill thing and they sort of took on the same attributes that Dunhill had. So Dunhill obviously has, you know, its major blends that we're kind of seeing go away, but Ashton has its major blends. Artisan's blend is sort of the nightcap of, um, it's the nightcap spinoff. It's Ashton's nightcap is all it is. You know, oh, wow. Artisan's blend is Ashton's nightcap. That's it. Ferndown had um, some tobaccos I never got to try, which is pretty sad. Of course, I also heard that they weren't that good, um, but they had their own pipe uh, tobacco blends, Ferndown. I think the one that was the most famous it was like the orange and yellow label Ferndown, which I think was a Virginia Perique. Eh, don't quote me on that. Uh, it might have been the red and orange label. Um, they, they were basically distinguished by color, I think. And then... Um, so you have Ashton, Ferndown, and Sassini. And Sassini's been around for a while. You can still get Balkan Sassini, which is a Scandinavian tobacco group, uh, pipe tobacco. And you can still uh, do Balkan Sassini, which is sort of the answer to Balkan Sobrani going away in the 80s, only to be resurrected by J.F. Germain and Sons, which is the Esoterica creator, which is why everyone's super fond of Balkan Sobrani but it's also impossible to find, which is hilarious because the original Balkan Sobrani is sort of the staple for all Balkan blends. Like everyone, especially 10 years ago, I didn't know if people even talk about it anymore. It seems like I don't really hear much about Balkan Sobrani. It's like it's been left in the dust. Only like the really old timers really talk about it. But Balkan Sobrani is sort of the gold standard in pipe tobacco for a long time. Um, if you want to try people's interpretations of Balkan Sobrani, then you would want to try... Uh, Hearth and Homes Black House, um, Meridian by GLPs. That's another part of the old London series. That was the one I missed. Mm. And then um, the other one uh, would be um, Balkan Blue by McClellan, which no longer exists, which was my favorite. So Meridian is super good. If you guys get a chance, try Meridian. Never tried Black House. One day I'll get around to it, but uh, Meridian's. Amazing. GLP's is he's he's a talented guy. Oh uh, yeah. The only complaint I ever had about it was that I feel like his stuff isn't very consistent. Um caveat to that, I've said that a couple times. 
I've always thought about like Charing Cross having the Meridian, you know, Chelsea Morning. Uh, doesn't stick with Fillmore. Fillmore is very consistent from the bottom to the top of the bowl. Top of the bottom of the bowl. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if um, I wish I wish Pease would would do some bulk. I mean, Cornell and Bill does bulk. I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't want to. But it's probably a marketing tool. Yeah. You got to think. I mean, if you feel like this stuff is scary. Well, also, you're probably paying a premium for the tens. Oh yeah, because all you the... can get a two hundred grand ten though. Oh yeah, but the but the you know, it makes sense that he'd want to get those tens sold with the the great poetry he puts on them. Well, he's a little he's a little verbose and like I. I sort of mockingly don't like his website, which is, what is the title? It's like, it's like, um, classic pipe tobacco for the postmodern smoker. It's like, what does that even mean, postmodern smoker? Like, yeah, I, are you suggesting that the smoker is not real? Like, <laughs> I don't really, I don't really care for. Or really understand the use of the term postmodern in anything, so. But, I mean, you know, I can complain all day long about, like, simple stuff like that. It's stupid and irrelevant because the man can, he can blend. And, you know, that's all I really care for. That's all I really care to hear about is him being able to blend stuff. So, good on him. Um, What I really want is to get a hold of his Drucker and Sons. Um, blends that he recreated. Um, another Cornell, Cornell and Deal blending, but I've heard good things. It seems like people really like it. They like that blow gallery. And uh, I can't think of the other one. Um, there's several blends. I mean, they're all relatively popular. So, um, but it's a it's a it's a broken flake, which I really enjoy his broken flake. I'm pretty sure. Fillmore's a broken flake too, um, but Blow Growery and uh, I think it was Trafalgar is another one that's really popular with him. And I think you can you, those are actually obtainable right now at smoking pipes. Not so, really. Yeah, because Blow Growery went away, and I think so did Trafalgar. They were kind of all selling out there for a split second. When you get on 100 and 200 gram tins. 200 grams is a ton of tobacco. Why do? You, <laughs> yeah, it is. Because, like, those normal ones are, what, five or uh, 50? Mm-hmm. So you're talking, golly. Jeez. But, but, yeah, like, any, like, I do not badmouth blenders. They're good. Uh, I kind of think some things that we do as people are silly. I've done terribly silly things that are embarrassing. I don't like to think about and talk about, but... You know, I mean, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. I mean, like, what did he produce? And what he produced is, is gold. So, good oh, on yeah. you, Mr. Pease. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I really enjoy your blends. And actually, I mean, to be honest with you, if I had my own tobacco blending company, I mean, a lot of the stuff he does with his with with his tans and his and stuff is probably what I would do. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I would have some kind of consistency and some kind of... You know, like when I don't know if many people would would catch this reference, but like you know when like with Magic the Gathering, you know at the bottom of the cards there's like a little thing that says it's like the the lore text, like you know just some stuff behind it, a story behind it. Mm-hmm. 
I would definitely do that if I was running some kind of company and putting out products. There would definitely be some kind of lore, things like that behind it. But I don't, I don't fault him for it. It, it, it is funny to mock, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, you know, I think everyone is like, look, I mean, you know, I mean, if I was going give, to give you like a little bit of crap, Mr. Pease, it would be like, can you just tell me what's in the thing? Like, when I look at the back and I just hear like, the quiet whisper of a cellar night. Yeah. And the dusky fall evening. Yeah. As you walk around, the handkerchief flies. Yeah. And well, inside a kite. Yeah, like, like, I would, if I was him, I would have, I'd still have that. Mm-hmm. But on the other side or over to the side of that would be, just tell me the components. Mm-hmm. Give me a list of the components. Because that's going to distinguish whether I pick it up or not. And yeah. he is one of the only people who I will pick up. A, I will, I will, it's it's GOPs. I can I can take a chance. I can yeah. take a chance as to what the components are that I'm probably going to like it. But when I read the back of it, I was like, what? I didn't know what Sixpence was. I had to yeah. research what it was when I was standing there. And I'm like, oh, it's a vapor? That's yeah. weird. Um, because this sounds like it is a page from an old book in a library. Yeah. Whereas, like, see, I think... Maybe he doesn't want to do this, but you think he would take a page out of Cornell and Dill's book, or maybe they took a page out of his book but did it better with the with their um, uh, Elder Ones series, mm-hmm. the Lovecraft inspired tobacco. Um, they, you know, had they 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 did that, but they incorporated uh, the blends inside of it. Mm-hmm. Like you know, they did some kind of funky like you know you're in, I think like uh, miscatonic mixture. Maybe I think it says something like. You're in the back of a library and you stumble upon blah blah blah. But they but they tell you what the components are inside of that. They mix that in, mm. and I I think that's a better way to do it. If you're not gonna at least do what he does, and then also on the side note say, hey, well this is also what's in it. And like I said, I don't want to take away too much because like pipe smoking automatically lends itself to a literary. Yeah. Mystique, maybe you I know. Mean, I mean, like I kind of do think of like old academics when I think of pipe smokers, and it might be the reason why I even picked up pipe smoker because, like deep down, I sort of envied that sort of academic, closed off, you know, reader, philosopher, mystic yes. type person. But you know, I mean, you get down to it; it's you're just. You're just partaking in the joy of tobacco. You don't really need to be an academic to enjoy that kind of stuff. So no, but you know, I think that I don't think there's any shame in 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 talking about those kind of things because tobacco is such a such a broad or such a huge topic that you know, and you know, nobody out there really is talking about that stuff. Or I mean, if they are, it's on forums and it's maybe at the at your brick and mortar. You know, guys are just hanging out talking. So you know, I. You know, again, we just have to caveat it like we've been doing it by saying, hey, the, the man can blend. But it is something to talk about how he mm-hmm. how he goes about his marketing. And yeah, I mean, the man can blend. I can take a <laughs> chance on his tobacco, and the odds are I'm going to really enjoy it. So, yeah. you know, I mean, he's been doing it for a long time. He's a smarter, uh, more educated tobacconist than, you know, obviously me. You know, I'm just yeah. an armchair connoisseur. So... You know, I mean, the guy really does know his stuff. I'm not knocking him. It just, I think I, I just, I maybe I just get a little peevish when I have to do the extra effort of looking up what's in a blend instead yeah. of like going through like his small blurb on whatever. Yeah. But then, you know, I, I would say, 
because I was about to say, you know, I, I like being able, like I got this artisan blend right here in my hand, and, you know, I like being able to grab it and be like, you know, this full-bodied English mixture is blah, 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 Virginia Turkish tobacco is harmonized with Syria and all this crap. But then I think I get more mad at the fact that I actually can't believe this. Like, this isn't trustworthy. The fact that some people say there is Cavendish in this. Some people say this. Does it really have Syrian Latakia? I don't know. So I'm actually more mad that I can read this, but I can't trust it. That's actually more aggravating. Yeah, there's some differing opinions on partisan split. <laughs> um, I mean, and Peterson's been that way too. You'll look at, um, like Old Dublin. You look, or you know, you look at, you look at what it says on the tin, then you look at what the website says, and I mean, there's there's some differences there. Uh, One so. of the things that pissed me off about Peterson's to no end was they changed the tin. Between the first time I smoked, I smoked Peterson's University Flake, which was a square tin. Yeah, yeah. They it used to be square, okay? And it's a, it's a Virginia Flake, delicious, with a plum topping. It's really good. Um, the plum is not overbearing. It's just It just makes the t- Anyway, and I, I would talk to people about it because I didn't remember it was University Flake. I just remember it was a blue square tin, and I'd be like, man, I tell you, Peterson's Flake, and that's what I call it, Peterson's Flake was one of the best blah, 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 and I would talk it up, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know why they discontinued it, yada, 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 and then one day I was talking to my tobacconist about it, and I was just like, you know what, I miss Peterson's Flake, why did they discontinue such a lovely flake, and he's like, Peterson, what flake, like, and I go, you know, it was like a square blue label, and he goes, you mean university flake, like the thing that's right behind me right now, <laughs> and it's in a freaking gold circular tin, yeah, it's, yeah, gold, yeah, orange, um, what, and they, there it was, and I was like, crap, I've been not buying university flake for years because you, because i'm so used to seeing the tiny square sort of uh mcbaron has those same square tins yeah um that's what i'm used to seeing and it just along the way i just forgot the name and then forgot and then they changed the tin and i just was like well it doesn't exist anymore i can lament this for an hour in a bike shop and they're like you gonna buy anything kid or you're gonna get out of here i mean have you had it since mm-hmm. is it still a flake but it's in a round tin. Mm-hmm. How do they? Oh, I mean, I mean, the same thing for bingo slices. Oh yeah, bingo slices are they're they're sort of like sliced crumble cake. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like to try University Flake. You know, I've only had I've only had two Peterson blends, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so so I guess to round this up, y'all just get ready for Friday, and we'll tell you what we think. Friday yeah. reveal, baby, and hopefully. We, there won't be much uh, debate. Hopefully, we won't have to. Hopefully, we, we won't have to result or um, to a, uh, a coin flip. No, the horns are out, man. Like I'm ready to deliberate whatever this is. This might be like twelve angry men, except it's just two angry men. Yeah, that's an old movie reference, you guys. So that's you should a, watch I, it. It's I a like great that. movie. I like that movie. Yeah, yeah. movie. But all right, well, till next time. All right, guys, have a good one. Con- Whoa, conclusion. Oh, so now we're concluding the English blends. Mm-hmm. So, it's been a long week, a long week of smoking. Uh, we've cut through a swath of things that you guys have voted on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we are finally here at the first uh, conclusion to the first set of brackets, I guess. Yeah, like I guess the English region. Yep, the this English is, region. 
this is a winner of the English region, whatever we decide upon here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are smoking our winning, what we've chosen as the winner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll let you sort of go first and, you know, sort of explain how you came to your decision and all that stuff. We'll, we'll get into what our decisions were later but, or are later, but just sort of take me through your decision making. Well, like a couple of things went to play on this. Um, one of the things, I mean, if you, you guys can listen back on some of this stuff. I like um, a rounded blend. I like it to be really uniform in its smoking. I like um, another aspect of English blends is um, when it has like a kind of a creamy, buttery taste. Uh, so two of those kind of shine up. Um, right out of the gate on that, and that would be uh, Dunhill 965 mm-hmm. and Ashton's Artisan's Blend. Mm-hmm. Um, those two blends have um, really stepped out in terms of complexity, in terms of roundedness, uniformity, um, a nice creamy, buttery aftertaste with just a teensy kind of saline quality. Um, they don't really sour when you oversmoke them. They become even more complex when you undersmoke them. Um, so if you're kind of in the relight business where you're constantly relighting a pipe, I think that you're probably going to get more out of those two blends. Um, they're both a little bit more robust in terms of Latakia. Um, they have a much spicier kick than, say, Squadron Leader uh, does mm-hmm. or Margate. Um, Margate is fine. It's, um, we'll kind of go through the, the definite losers. Margate's fine. I feel like it's a very middle of the road. I think it gets a lot of, uh, clout, uh, because it is just a difficult blend. Esoterica just carries that with them. And because of that, and because of their sort of elusiveness, you know, I think they get ranked a little bit higher than what they normally would. Uh, I mean... Granted, give me Margate with a plus 10 year age on it, and we'll talk about it. You know, maybe that's maybe that's the difference that I'm not really into. But, you know, fresh Margate gets defeated every time by Artisans Blend or 965, even Squadron Leader. So, I mean, I would really rank it like below Squadron Leader. Um, Speaking in terms of Squadron Leader, Squadron Leader just... It doesn't have really a great finish. It it really sort of wimps out on the Latakia, which I enjoy, um, but it it doesn't do it. It doesn't really do it a service that the lack of Latakia and sort of the more Oriental and Virginia blending creates a more morning smoke or all day smoke. I don't really think it it really captures that. Um, you know, I mean, I like strong tobacco and I like things to have kind of a pop that way, even if I don't want to characteristically try to suss out every little detail inside the blend, um, you know, oh, this is, this is probably this amount of Virginia or, or this type of Virginia or, you know, th- this Oriental or is there, you know, blah, 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 um, this, you know, is it Cyprian? Is it, is it Syrian Latakia? I mean, what does that do to it? Um, you know, like I, uh, I want something that I can do that with, but also I can do just, I'm going to smoke it 
this however the latakia is going to come out it's going to have that smoky woodsy aspect to it and regardless if i smoke it slow and methodical and trying to pick things out or fast and just sort of i'm doing i'm writing i'm doing this i'm doing that and i can just enjoy the kind of the lat uh bomb aspect to it uh when you just smoke it and you're not really thinking about it and you're doing your retro hailing and just enjoying it uh does it in, does it become enjoyable in both ways um squadron leader doesn't really do that for me i just feel like it's sort of a I don't know. I mean, it just seems like a pushover with the other blends that I could get more out of. So, that means I'm coming to the decisive moment between 965 and Artisan's Blend. And I know we're kind of chasing a rabbit here about going through all that stuff, but that's just the way it is. So, here's the thing. 965 is something that I've had stored up for a couple of years. It's a great blend. It's got a nice rounded finish, um, you know, but it's it's got three, four years of age on it, mm -hmm. and Artisan's Blend is just a fresh tin. When you crack open a fresh tin, um, there's, a, there's a lot that people will say when they open up something and they're not completely sold on it. They'll go, you know, I opened this up. It was pretty good. I'd like to see what would happen after five years. And then they buy up a couple more tins because it was maybe above par. It was just like above medium or average as far as the blend's concerned. But they think maybe if they gave it a couple of years, it would add to it. The fact that we couldn't really check a freshly opened tin of 965. When I say freshly opened, I mean manufactured within the year, like new date. Versus the freshly produced Artisan's Blend. You know, does that give it an unfair advantage? Also, does Artisan's Blend... These are the things I'm taking into consideration in case you didn't realize. Does Artisan's Blend have an advantage uh, personally because I can get it readily? Mm -hmm. And you have to sort of like think through those two aspects. One is also it's going away you're never going to get it again it's going to be a mythical blend uh one day people will talk about 965 or early morning pipe or nightcap that was blended by the scandinavian tobacco group and they're going to talk about it in this kind of air of superiority uh because no one can touch it because it's gone it's 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 just gone um but i can go to my local tobacconist and say please can i have a you know, tin of Artisan's Blend, and they'll pull it off um, and hand it to me, and I can crack it right open and get the same pleasure out of it right now as I would if I probably waited a couple years. So with that said, and with all things kind of considered here, um, I'm smoking Artisan's Blend. Okay. Well, I would say that um, in my decision-making, uh, I am purely looking at taste. Um, the readiness is a factor when we're talking personal. Am I going to buy it, you know, or am I going to commit to something like that? Uh, I mean, that's one reason why Margate's not in, that was, I guess, that's not one of the reasons, but like for a personal reason, that's why I don't really hold Margate much weight. One, I don't think it is as good as some of these other 
Englishes, and and then also you, you can't get it. But for the, um, I guess for this tobracotology, I was mainly just saying, hey, you know, this is a taste thing. This is just head to head. What tastes better? Um, and I, you know, I think you're right, Zach, when you talk about, um, you know, the 965 had some age on it, whereas the Artisan's Blend was freshly opened. So, uh, I think as far as where I'm going with this, and you, you'll probably can already tell, um, I'm going Artisan's Blend. Oh, because Artisan Blend, I think, tasted exactly the same as 965, and it didn't have three years of age on it. The differences between the two tobaccos, I mean, because there are some very similar blends, mm -hmm. uh, which is crazy because we kind of discussed that we thought maybe it was a little bit of a Balkan blend, the way yeah. the uh, Artisan's blend was. Not to say, and, it, and it's described as an English, but uh, I think you and I kind of thought about it a little bit more and you know, it does seem like it sort of glides lightly into, you know, with its pinch of Perique or like its questionable Syrian Latakia content. Mm -hmm. um, the Is it Black Cavendish? Is it Dark Fire Kentucky? There's a lot of questions um, yeah. that we sort of bemoaned, I guess. We weren't really satisfied with like the lack of consistency in the mm -hmm. descriptions. But some of the things that you can get is that uh, you're going to have a nice smooth aftertaste, buttery. Um, the retro hell is going to have that nice spice that you're going to get from the Oriental and from the Latakia. It's going to be very smoky, palatable. It's going to go well with the clothes of your day. It's a very good nightcap, so to speak, um, without like kind of dancing into the Dunhill nightcap genre. But it is a good closeout smoke. I think that this is very reminiscent of tobaccos like Meridian, Quiet Nights, um, Plum Pudding. But, you know, it has, I think, a sweeter, creamier characteristic than those. Um, I don't really find that it is overpowering, even when you smoke it heavy. And that might be because I've been smoking it for a long time. I do feel like it's very inviting and it's more welcoming than, say you know, Margate, which kind of can sour if you smoke it too quickly. Mm -hmm. And as much as I love the cut, I do think that being able to smoke a shag as fast as you can might contribute to some of the lesser points of it, even though I love that cut. I think it's great. I think that it ashes and burns thoroughly. But if you're not careful, it can get out of hand and make your pipe extremely hot and even sour a little bit. But Ashton, across the board... Uh, fresh out. When I say fresh out, I mean we. There's some drying time that needs to happen. Yeah. Um, the Scandinavian Tobacco Group, they make a great ribbon cut. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is what this is presented in. No, oh, wait, this is Cole House and Cop. Sorry. Yeah. Cole House and Cop. Still, it's a ribbon cut. It's still lovely across the board, and uh, it's um, and. You know, pound for pound. I mean, like, because it was going up against like the ribbon cut of the Scandinavian Tobacco Group, which is a non six, which was nine six five. Yeah, yeah. But um, great blend. 
I don't think you can go wrong with it. And like I said, it's readily available. I mean, you can jump online right now and buy you five tens. I'd buy six, open up one, and then store five. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's something that we have. It's something that doesn't seem to be going anywhere. It's associated with a great pipe. I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about the Dunhill Sassini, uh, Ashton, and Ferndown pipe collection. Um, you know, I mean, Ashton pipes are super reasonable. It would be a no-brainer to buy an Ashton pipe tomorrow uh, for a reasonable price and then buy a, a tin of Artisan's Blend and just smoke it because and dedicate the pipe to it because yeah. that's how good this is. Yeah. And, you know, we might we might revisit um, the realm of Englishes one day because I was just realizing that, you know, there was a little questionableness to the 965 being a Scottish blend. Mm-hmm. And it was going up against Artisan, which could almost be a Balkan blend. Mm-hmm. So there were almost, in a way, there wasn't really a true English uh, in our final discussion. Um, uh you know, it's sort of subgenres of the English, maybe. I don't, um, so, again, we, we may revisit this and bring some more, uh, maybe some more of our personal favorites into the running. Yeah. Northwoods, mm-hmm. um, you know, Commonwealth, Star of the East, um, things like that. So, uh, but for this to bracketology, I think, um, I think uh, you know, it, we, we picked a good one uh, of the four that was given to us. Um, and for for anybody out there that's a beginner a beginner pipe smoker, um, you definitely can't go wrong with artisan. It's a it's a good one to you know might not be the first one you should dip your feet into, um, as far as you know because some people do think it has a bit of a kick to it. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, but you know once you once you've been pipe smoking for you know maybe a month. Two months, something like that. It's a it's a really good blend to to warm up to, but but yeah. So that uh, concludes this week of um, of English battles. Um, uh, we hope that you have enjoyed the the daily little episode blasts. Mm-hmm. Um, we will eventually get back to the normal way of doing things, but first we get some vapors to tend to. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, we hope you enjoyed this, and we'll see you next week with the Battle of the Vapors. See you then.